Miss Denise Streeter has a special. John chapter 6, boy, wasn't that beautiful? 
I am glad and thankful that there is a fountain tonight filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. What a wonderful, wonderful song. Thank you, Miss Denise, for letting God use you. Uh, I don't really have a title for this message tonight, but I have two points. And the first point is why the faithful become unfaithful. And the second point is going to be why the faithful remain faithful. And so I want us to look in John chapter 6 tonight to see these two things. The first thing we're going to see is why the faithful become unfaithful. In John 6, uh, the Lord started there uh, feeding the 5,000. Uh, so many people was touched in feeding this and this miracle. Uh, I'm telling you, the popularity of Jesus got out. Uh, things were happening. People got excited. He moved the multitudes. And the multitudes followed Him. Uh, and while everything was good and while the thrills and everything was going on, there was always the multitudes there. Uh, when right after they fed the 5,000, then uh, He walked on the sea. And then the next day, the multitudes realized that what the Lord did throughout the night, and they finally got back over to Him. And uh, they just wanted to be around Him. They wanted to be there. Uh, here in a minute, we're fixing to read a Scripture where it says that these were even His disciples. These were followers of Him. These people followed Him. They followed His miracles. Uh, they were there. Uh, but Jesus, He started getting personal. He started laying down the Word of God to Him. And He began to preach to these people and I want to pick it up here in verse 60. John chapter 6 and verse 60. It said that many therefore of His disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? So they heard the preaching of the Bible. They heard the preaching of the Word. They heard the Son of God preach and teach. And it said that many therefore of His disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in Himself that His disciples murmured at it, He said unto them, Doth this offend you? What, and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where He was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, listen now, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray Him. And He said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto Me, except it were given unto him of My Father. From that time, now listen now, verse 66, From that time many of His disciples went back and walked no more with Him. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You for the day. Thank You for Your Word. Open our hearts. Lord, give us understanding of Your Word tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. John 6 and 66, From that time, many of His disciples went back and walked no more with Him. One of the saddest scriptures that I see in the New Testament is that phrase there, and walked no more with Him. That means at one time they walked with Him, but something came up, something uh, transpired in their life, and whatever happened, we're going to talk about what happened in a minute, but they walked no more with Him. 
There's been a lot of people who walk with Jesus who are no longer walking with Jesus. Friend, it could be in our life that there comes a day that we walk with Jesus, but there may be a day that comes that we walk no more with Him. There are times that the faithful become unfaithful. There are times that you see people that are sold out to the purpose of God, who are sold out to the work of the Lord, who are so faithful, and then something transpires in their life, and they are no more faithful to the Lord's service. How sad it is. If you've ever stayed in church work long enough, you have seen this take place. Now, don't point fingers now, okay? Because we're a decision away from being in the same very position as these other people, that they are so faithful and they walk with the Lord, and then something took place and they walk no more with God. I hope that it can never be said about Josh Llewellyn that he walked no more with God that Josh turned his back against the Lord, that he quit serving God, and he quit going to church, and he quit working in the kingdom of God. I hope and pray that it's never said about me. And the only way that it won't be said about me is it will be by the grace of an almighty God. Okay? And so I know it's easy to point fingers and look at this one. They're not here anymore. But, friend, we're a decision away from being in the same mess. Okay? And it's very dangerous today because Satan is attacking, he's devouring, he is seeking to destroy you, he's seeking to pull you out of church, to pull you away from God, to destroy your prayer life, your study life. Friend, he wants it to be said about you that he walked no more with God, that she walked no more with God. The devil was happy that day. (laughs) The devil was happy when those disciples said, I'm done walking with Jesus. May it never be said about you. May it never be said about me. (laughs) Amen. I want to always walk with Jesus. I don't want to turn my back. You say, preacher, what happened? What happened to these people that became unfaithful to the Lord? What transpired in their life? Friend, they were there for the thrills, weren't they? They were there when when the miracles were taking place. They were there when everybody, all the excitement and all the joy was going on. But when things got tough and things transpired, friend, I'll tell you what, things began to divide. And you know what divided them was the Word of God. The Word of God divided them. It divided the disciples. Isn't that amazing that the Word of God would divide God's people? Disciples, followers of Jesus, they were divided because Jesus preached unto them. What did He preach unto them that blew them away? Well, I want you to look back in verse 29. And I want to look at a little bit of this sermon that He preached to them. And this is amazing to me. These are disciples. These are followers of Jesus that got mad and got upset. Okay, These are people that followed Him around. Notice verse 29, And Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on Him who He has sent. Go down to verse 40. And this is the will of Him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on Him may have everlasting life. And I will raise Him up at the last day. Notice verse 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on Me hath everlasting life. What did he say that offended them? He simply said, I am the only way to be saved. 
He said, I'm the only way to be saved, and there's no other way to be saved. It's not by man, it's not by bread, it's not by any other way, but by me and me alone. It's not about what Moses did. It's not what about Abraham did. It's about what I'm going to do for you. It's all about me. And if you're going to go to heaven and you're going to see the Heavenly Father, you're going to have to go through me. And it offended the disciples. It offended them. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The truth offends people sometimes. But one thing that we better always stand on, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father but by Him. And friend, this offended them, but the truth is Jesus is the only way to heaven. And I don't ever want to purposefully offend anybody. But if you get offended at that, you take it up with God this evening. Because Jesus is the only way to heaven. It offended them. It offended them. Notice what else here. Notice verse 32. Are you all with me tonight? Notice what he said in verse 32. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. You go down in verse 37. He said, All that the Father giveth me. In verse 39, he said, This is the Father's will. The second thing he said that offended them, basically he told them, Hey, I'm the Son of God. That's my Father, and I'm His Son. And for Him to say that He was the Son of the living God, it offended these people. Now these people, we know that they thought He was a good man, and He was a good prophet. He was like Isaiah or Jeremiah or one of those good men. They thought that's who that was. Jesus said, no, I am the Messiah. I am the Anointed One. I am the Christ. I am the Son of the living God. Friend, He's more than a good man. He was more than a good prophet. Praise God, He is the Son of the living God. And it offended that crowd that day that He stood there and He claimed to be the Messiah, that He claimed to be the Son of the living God. Friend, He was everything that He claimed to be and so much more. And it offended that crowd that day. Friend, it offends people today when you talk about Jesus. You want to offend people, go out and say things in the name of Jesus. Talk about about how good Jesus is. Claim that He's the Son of the living God. And you won't have a lot of friends out there because you're going to offend a lot of people. A lot of people say, well, you can pray in public, but you can't pray in Jesus' name. Friend, there's not another name to pray in tonight. Huh. Who, what other name we're going to use? Muhammad or Baal? Those are useless names. There's only one name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. And it's the precious name of Jesus. And that day that offended that crowd. They got offended. Huh. His disciples got offended. Notice this other thing that He taught here. Notice verse 49. He said, I am that bread of life. Boy, ain't that precious. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat man in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. Through these verses, He told them that He was superior to the, the manna, that rained down in the wilderness, that He was superior to Moses, that He was above all of their traditions and all of their religion, that He was above and superior to the forefathers of, of the nation of Israel, that He was above them all. And praise God, He was and He is and He will always be superior to all of those people. Let me tell you something. Religion has always been about man. 
and recognizing man. But friend, when we get to the Bible, it's not about recognizing man. It's about recognizing Jesus. And He claimed to be superior. Let me tell you something. When we enter this room, when we go out, everywhere we go all the time, there's one superior of all of us. And it's Jesus Christ. I heard some somebody say one time, said, Preacher, you've got to quit preaching on Jesus every time we get to church. <laughs> I said, there's the door. <laughs> what else is there to preach? He's the only one to preach because He's superior. He's above all. And if we offend people by making a stand for who Jesus is, there's the door. Because He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Friend, there's nobody else to lift up but Him. And it offended that crowd. Notice what the Bible said there in verse 60. Many, therefore, of His disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And then in verse 66, From that time, many of His disciples went back and walked no more with Him. They walk no more with Him. How many people that used to come to this church that's walking no more with Him? How many people do you know when things get serious and things when it came to the truth and when it came to getting right and it came to getting serious with God that people split, people parted ways and they went the other direction and they're walking no more with God. I pray that it never be said about me or you tonight. I pray we'd always walk with the Lord. Let me tell you something. We got people flocking in here left and right because things are going awesome here at Promised Land. There may come a day that problems flare up. There will come a day that problems are going to flare up because the devil's working. Okay? And there's going to be people that they're going to jump ship. When the ship starts rocking, they're going to jump ship. Can I encourage you tonight? Don't jump ship. Don't take off running because things get hard and things get tough. That's what happened that day. Those people didn't want to stick to the truth. They didn't want to accept the truth. They didn't want to stick in there with Jesus. And they turned their back on the Lord. Don't ever turn your back on God. You say, why, preacher? Because praise God, He's never turned His back on us. He has been so faithful to us. In return, let's be faithful to Him. Now notice the next Scripture here in verse 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve. Now I want to look at the point while the faithful remain faithful. Oh, I love this. So all these people, they take off. It doesn't say how many. But it said that He looked back to the twelve. If everybody else left, I don't know. But He looked back to the twelve. He said, will ye also go away? He asked the question. Everybody else jumping ship, you going to jump ship too? You going to follow the crowds? You going to follow the crowd? I believe he's asking us tonight, are we going to follow the crowd? Or are we going to follow Jesus? Are we going to follow what everybody else is doing? Or are we going to fall in line with him and remain faithful? Preacher, it's hard. It's hard, I know. But you remain faithful to Jesus. He's going to remain faithful to you. He said, you going to go too? Let me ask you something. Things get tough tonight. You going to run out the door and be done? If the trial comes your way, if hard times come your way, are you just going to quit and give up? Don't do it tonight. Notice what he said. You know, we give Peter a hard time. 
But Peter loved the Lord. Notice what he said. Please stay with me. 68. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? (laughs) Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. He he said, y'all going to go away too? He simply looked back at him. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You know, we give Peter such a hard time because Peter, he denied the Lord. Peter messed up and Peter made mistakes. But let me tell you something. Peter never turned his back fully against God. He never walked away from the Lord. Yes, he disappointed him. Yes, he failed him because he was a man and he was a sinner. But he never turned his back on God. He never walked away from the Lord. Yes, he messed up, but he remained faithful. When everybody else went the other way, he went right there. He stayed with the Lord and he helped him. Yes, he denied him three times. Yes, he messed up. Yes, he was a sinner just like me and you tonight. But let me tell you something. He never fully turned his back on God. Why didn't he turn his back on God? Because he said, to whom shall we go? There's no other place for me to go, Lord. You have the words of eternal life. You can offer me everything. You can offer me eternal life, abundant life. Why should I go anywhere else? Because everything that I need in this world is found in you and in you alone. Why tonight should we remain faithful? Because Jesus can offer us everything we need in this old world. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? (laughs) This world cannot give us what Jesus can give us. Why should we remain faithful? Because, Brother Allen, where else are we going to go? Huh. Where else are we going to go to find eternal life in heaven? Where else are we going to go to find somebody that, that sticks closer to, her, uh, to us than a brother? I mean, where else are we going to go to find somebody to give us the strength to get through situations? Where else are we going to go? Friend, you're not going to find it anywhere else but in the Lord. Peter said, they can walk off. I'm going to stay right here. Because there ain't no place else for me to go. Let me tell you something, friend. We got it going on. (laughs) Let's recognize. Let's open our eyes. And let's see where we are and what we have and what God has done for us. Friend, we've got it going on tonight. God has been good to us. God has blessed us beyond measure. Why would we ever turn our back on Him? Why would we walk away from this life? Friend, God has been good to us. Remain faithful. Don't walk away. Don't turn your back. Hey, those days are going to come that you're going to want to turn your back. But think about all God's done for you. Where else are you going to get this? You're not. The world's not going to give it to you. Okay? You can only find it in Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Where else? Where else am I going to go? Man, I'll tell you what. I'd rather be at the church house than any other house in America right now. I'm glad that I can be in God's house right now. Man, I'll tell you, there's people at the ball house, at the beer house. They're they're at every house but God's house. Friend, there's no better place to be than right here at God's house. Well, it's Sunday. I got to go to church. Bless our hearts. You know we got it tough, don't we? We got it tough. Bless our hearts. Where else are we going to go on Sunday, God's people? Hello? 
What else are we going to do? This is what we do as saved people. We go to church and we worship and we celebrate and we praise the precious name of Jesus. Where else are we going to go? Then notice what he said. Are you all with me tonight? Notice what he said. In verse 69, he said, And we believe and are sure that Thou art the Christ. That word believe represents a faith. It represents an inward conviction. They wouldn't walk away because of their faith in Jesus. They wouldn't walk away because of that inward conviction. They were so settled in the faith in their hearts that they couldn't turn their back on God. They were so settled in in their faith and they were so settled that that was the Son of the living God and they knew by their faith who He was. They knew they had that deep down inside and they said, we're not going to go anywhere because we know deep down inside who you are. We know deep down inside what you mean to us. We know you're our salvation. We know you're our eternal life and abundant life. We're not going anywhere because of our belief in you. Let me tell you something. If you don't have faith and you don't have that inward conviction, you're going to fall away with the multitude and you're going to walk away. But friend, you're going to have to get settled in your faith. And you're going to have to get settled in who Jesus is. And you're going to have to get settled that He is the reason you have a reason to smile. He's the reason that you have a reason to get up in the morning. Amen? Friend, we need to understand that He's our everything. And we need to get settled in our faith. We need to get an inward conviction. You know why a lot of these people, when things got tough, they didn't take off? Because of their faith in the Lord. You let everything rock around, but deep down inside of our hearts, there's a faith that brings a peace that passeth all understanding. An inward conviction. Notice what he said. He said, we believe and are sure. I love that word, and are sure. Sure. You know what that means? That they have experienced that this was the Son of the living God. They knew they they had more than just the belief. Buddy, they experienced that this was the Son of the living God. They knew by experience. They knew because they've been there. They've tasted Him. They, they felt Him. They knew Him. They knew what the life was like. They knew everything about it. They've been there. They've experienced it. And this is something they were sure of because God has manifested Himself so greatly among these people. And they said, look, we believe it and we know because we've experienced how good you are. Let me tell you something. We have experienced so many blessings for being saved. Have you all experienced Jesus in your life? That ought to put a smile on your face. Have you all experienced who He is? Why would you ever walk away? You know why we ought to remain faithful? Because we know who He is. We've experienced Him. And we know how faithful He is. Don't walk away. Think about the experiences that we've had with God. Why would we ever walk away from that life? How many people said, Well, I quit church and I walked away because of bad experience. And they're going to let one bad experience overcome those thousands of times that God just impressed in their life so greatly. Friend, God has done so much good in our life tenfold of what the world's done. Amen? We have experienced Him. 
We've come in here. We've seen souls saved. Y'all have seen souls saved in this church in the last several years. Isn't it awesome to experience it? Man, I got here first couple months, baptized 15, whatever it was. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm ready to get wet again. Okay? I'm ready to baptize again because I've experienced it. And it's awesome. I've experienced it and I don't want to walk away from it. I've experienced the blessings of God. I've experienced those families that are hurt and, and, and are really struggling who have given their life to God and rededicated their life. I've seen those adults who gotten saved, who trusted in the Lord. I've seen those daddies that weren't fit to be daddies and God took them and molded them and made them to the men and fathers that God wanted them to be. Friend, I don't want to walk away from that. I don't want to quit experiencing that. I want to keep experiencing the Spirit of God when we come in this place. She told me last Sunday morning, she said, boy, it was so good in there this morning. She said, I know the Spirit of God was in that place today. She said, I didn't want to leave. (laughs) That's my wife talking there. I said, Amen. I said that like that was hard to believe. I'm sorry. I apologize. She gave me the eyes right there. Why would we ever walk away? We come in here and we sing of the blessings of God. The fellowship is sweet. Why walk away? I'm going to remain faithful. Are you willing to remain faithful to the Lord? You believe it. You've experienced it. Let's keep on. Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Don't quit. Keep on going. Keep on going. Keep on going. This place was slap full this morning. Wasn't that awesome? Every, every week, visitors everywhere. It's just awesome. Church, these altars are going to be open tonight. I asked you two weeks ago to be praying and seeking God's will. I want to have an altar call tonight for our church. I want to have an altar call for our church tonight. Two things. Number one, God, what do you want us to do at Promised Land? Do you want us to build a building? What do you want us to do? I want us to pray that. Number two, Lord, give us a revival. Y'all hear me? Lord, give us a revival. You know where revival is going to start? It's going to start on our knees. Lord, give us a revival. Would you be willing to come to these altars? If you're here tonight and you've never been saved, would you be saved tonight? If you need to make a public decision, would you come? But maybe you're there right now. And you're almost at that point that you walked away from God. Would you rededicate your life to Him tonight? Would you get things back right with Him? Get things back on track and get on fire for the Lord. Let revival start tonight. I know the date's March 13th or whatever, but it can start tonight. It's all right. We'll move the date back. Hello? (laughs) We can start tonight. Let's have revival deep down inside of our heart and our soul. Would you let Him revive your heart tonight? Let's stand very quiet, very reverent. I'm going to ask Miss Barbara to come. She's going to play for us. These altars are open. Would you come and pray? If you need to make a public decision, would you do that tonight?